And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince. I'm here with my co-host Stevie D. And Stevie D from Bill's Mafia, we are all smiles today. We were all smiles on Thursday night and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Oh, it's a beautiful time to be part of Bill's Mafia. But to be fair, we're you know we're here to talk about more than just the Bill's Mafia. It was opening weekend, and we saw a lot of craziness. A lot of craziness. We saw the kids from Chicago playing in the mud as if they were back in, in peewee football. Did, did you see them sliding all over the place? That was awesome. Did you see them with the brushes trying to get the water off the grass? Oh, my God. It's crazy. They did. Yeah, it was, it was a wild weekend. Uh, the NFL did not disappoint. Uh, I, I think it – it could have been a, a very tame weekend and the NFL would not have disappointed. It, it's just so good to have real football back. Uh, it's so good to see coaches in their ineptness uh, out there on the sidelines. Uh, we talked about that. that, right? We talked about rookie head coaches and and you don't know what you're, what you're going to get out of a rookie head coach. And I think we saw one of those instances over the weekend with a rookie coach. We did. We did. Most of them did quite well, actually. Right. Most most of them did quite well. Um, and then and then, you know, we saw some of the stars come to shine. Uh, you had your Mahomes moments. Right. Justin Herbert. You know, he had his moments that were out there. Um, almost had what three ties this weekend. What in the world is going on? And then we had we had our casualty. Not talking about injury. Talking about Rodrigo Blankenship gets cut because he misses a kick. I you know I I don't know Frank Reich running a very tight ship over there in Indy. So but uh, where where do we want to get into it, Stevie D? Let's talk about your boys. Well, no, you know, I see that look. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do you a solid, right? So I, I think there it's was some there, there, there's some, there were some positives, right? And I know Jet fans are, you know, are upset. You know, that whole first half, I thought the Jets' defense was flying around the ball that first half. They gave up only 89 yards of total uh, total defense there, really kept them, them at bay. I thought, uh, you know, Sauce looked good in the corner. They really kind of stayed away from him all game. Um, DJ Reed uh, actually was rated the number one PFF uh, corner in the league. He had a pick. His father just died. Is that why he, he went to Centerfield or went to the? To His the father level? died like the day before, um, and he played. Then, and he had a then, pick. Hold on, I'll one. take that back. If that's why, because I saw that, I was like. You have yeah, got he, to be kidding me. Yeah, he, he dedicated his season to his father and, and after right. he passed, and, and he showed up in that first game for his father and uh, had a heck of a game at the corner spot. Um, and then, you know, when, you, when you, can't, you can't consistently move the ball, you're missing a field goal that you shouldn't miss, right? You should go in the half 10-6 having some really good feelings. You, you're down 10-3, and then you come out of the second half, and it just kind of – we had the fumbles by Conklin. We had the fumble by Brees Hall, which – I don't kill Brees Hall for his fumble because he was in a, one of those awkward spots. And, man, it was like the corner lit up, like, oh, I got that ball. And then, and then bam, and, and they hit him. And, you know, you can't you can't have three turnovers, right? Um, you can't. Well, you, you, you can. You can, but you can't not if you want to win a game when, when the New York Jets. But I thought okay. we oh, still – quantified right. with the Jets. Oh, yes. I, was yeah. well, I know. You can. Well, again – I said three turnovers. You had four, so it was a little different, right? And so with four, you can overcome and lay a butt whipping, as 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 you guys can attest. At three, 
you really can't do anything with three. So, so you need one more turnover. Right, right. And, and and a lot of praying and a lot of miracles. But, you know, uh, at the end, I thought there was just positives in the first half with the defense. And you can see what could be with the Jets defense. And then we let Bryce Hall on the field. And Lamar just took apart uh, uh, Bryce Hall. And, and their yardage came against Bryce Hall. I mean, it, it was it was unbelievable. Um, and, uh, you know, we got – it was just a – you know, it was sad there in the second half. And Joe Flacco, you know, is Joe Flacco. He can't move, and, and our offensive line crumbled in the corners. It was just not a good – He I can't kill Joe Flacco because he just didn't have the time. Uh, I, you wish he was more mobile, but even at the end of the day, it, it, it was just not a good performance. A rookie right tackle was awful. They moved Fant back over to left tackle, and Fant was already injured. So Fant's like, I guess, let me play. 50% of me is better than 100% of that rookie, right? So, uh, or the guy that we just signed as a free agent. So it just didn't work. Fant just could not could not block. He gave it – I give him, you know, all the credit in the world for going out there and playing when it looked like he shouldn't have played. But in the end, he just couldn't do anything, and, and the pass rush was too great. And, and it's the same old story. But the Jets got to – you know, figure it out, um, and uh, it's going to be rough going because the offensive line is not going to be fixed next, this week coming up. So, so Steve, it, he, I, I'll tell you, I was very shocked when I saw the number of targets that Garrett Wilson had. I, I, I really was, and, and this is no diamonds and pearls. This is the fact that it was the rookie in his first game, and I think he had the most targets out of all your wide receivers out there. Yeah, but but Elijah Moore put up, I think, the better numbers sure, overall. Sure. But I'll tell you about Garrett Wilson. There was a play on third down, and Flacco got flushed, and he went down the right sideline. He saw Flacco in trouble, came all the way back, and you know Flacco's running for his life towards the sideline. He comes all the way back. Flacco sees him, dumps it off to him. It was a third and 10 play. He caught it probably at, uh, it would have been like third and six, right? So he caught it like four yards past the line of scrimmage. There was three defenders there. He made two defenders miss. Remember when we talked about footwork? And and we we talked about Chad Johnson. And I, because I always thought Chad Johnson had great footwork, right? Chad Ochocinco, for the people that know him as Ochocinco. Great footwork. He planted his foot on two different players, made them whiff. It was unbelievable. And then the third player came in. It was just, you know, too many stops and goes. You can't get the momentum. And he and he fell like inches short of the first down. And I said, holy cow, this footwork. He can stick his foot, make a guy miss, then stick the other foot, make the other guy miss really bad ankle, ankle breakers. And I said, wow, this kid's got really good footwork. Because I know Elijah Moore's got really good footwork. And so I think it was great that they incorporated the rookie. But again, when you're a team like the Jets and you're you've got a lot of pieces to break in, I am a fan of playing players in the preseason. I'm a fan of that, right? Other people are not. Injuries, injuries, injuries. I'm on this old school. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I want – when you're a bad football team and you're trying to be better, you have to get as much cohesiveness with the players. And you got to get people playing with each other and – and again, I, I I thought there was a little bit of, uh, of of that rust when you're not a good football team, and I let, think it it hurt the Jets a little bit. Let, let me ask you this question, <clears throat> and we see it far too often, right? You you have either young teams or young wide receiving cores, right? 
um, where you don't have that good quarterback back there. And a year into it, you know, it you, you, you see the impact that it has on that receiver, whether it be physically, right, where they're, they're being laid out, put yeah. in positions where they're going to get hurt, uh, where they develop the alligator arms or, you know, just mentally. Is there a fear with the young ride receiving crew, especially – I know he's only going to be in there for three more games, but especially with the Joe Flacco in there, that it just – it never seemed like he was on. I'll tell you one thing. He let Corey Davis out to dry, and Corey Davis is the one was the recipient of that, not yeah. the rookie. Corey Davis got lit up a couple times. Um, he had an, a bad drop early. Um, and then there was a couple of plays where, man, he got lit across the middle. And I give him credit, he hung on to the ball and, and made the catch. I don't know if I'm so worried about Elijah and and uh, Garrett Wilson so so much so early this year. I, I don't. I'm out of fear of that. But the statement you made about Joe Flacco, it just this is what upsets me. And Zach Wilson has to realize what he has done to his football team. He does. He has done this to his football team. When you talk about growth and, and, and short arming, it's his. It's his fault that this is happening, or, or potential that could happen to a player because of his decision, his immaturity of in a preseason game, trying to make the fans happy to get him back on the sides instead of doing the right thing and either sliding or getting out of bounds and not doing that or making that football move that you, you basically tore your meniscus. Right? Yeah. They said they cleaned it up. They didn't say it was a tear. They said they cleaned it up, but. For the sake of purposes, I'll call it a tear. His immaturity as a quarterback, not seeing the bigger picture, put his team in this position. And so uh, I, I'm still um, upset about his decision-making. And I know he's a young quarterback, but you know what? It, it, it's like anything in life. Your coaches told you not to do it. You don't do it. And you did it. Right? You got to own it. And when you, you want to be a big-time football player in this league, you better start listening to your coaches because the coaches have been around the block and they've seen it. Ask Robert Griffin III. Right with the with the Redskins at that time, right? I'm going to call him the Redskins because that's what he was. He was a Redskin with that coaching staff and what they did with him with his knee, they ruined his career, right? Mike Shanahan, yeah. But the Jet play, the Jet coaches told him, "Don't do these things," and he went and did it, and and now he put himself his career his own career in jeopardy. I don't know how that knee's going to hold up. You started, you know, you heard it twice, man. It, I don't know. I don't know about the longevity there, and so. But to answer your question, I'm not so worried about the, the short arms and things like that. I don't think Flacco is going to be around long enough um, to really hurt these kids. Uh, but I'll tell you, Garrett Wilson has the opportunity to be special. I did think there was a little bit of a fade in the end zone with him um, that I thought he could have had a little bit better effort. But again, you know, the replay that I saw, I was like, oh, man, man, you got to make that play. And then I saw another replay. I'm like, am I, am I being too harsh on the kid? I don't know. I think the effort could have been a little bit better in that end zone. The guy was draped all over him, but, you know, you're desperate, right? You're like in the desert and you're trying to find the water. I'm drinking the sand because you're so desperate for a play at that part of the game that you kind of blame the player um, and that, and, and instead of the situation of saying, hey, man, that was a really blanket coverage by, by that corner. Um, Sorry, I have another one for you. Okay. Post, post game, we see the comments from Robert Sala. Where Robert says, and maybe I, I shouldn't do the quote, but, you know, basically he's almost taunting the naysayers or taunting the press, right? Um, 
you know, like, don't come at me now, just wait, right? Yeah, I'm taking receipts, right? I'm taking receipts I, for all I'm, the people that are talking crap, right? I'm taking receipts. Now, that, that you know, bravado, machismo, that, that's all well and good. But as soon as I saw that, I, I started thinking about one of our previous podcasts when we did the Jets update, right? And one of the key points that you focused on during that podcast was that Robert Sala speaks to the media way too much, right? He wants to talk and keep talking. And that statement just resonated. I'm like, there you go again, right? There you, you can't keep your mouth shut. Why do you need to say something like that that instantly becomes, you know, page one, Robert Sala says we're keeping, he's keeping receipts. You know, that, that's you can say that, hey, Terry, hey, you can Terry. say that all you want in the clubhouse to your players. I'm taking receipts on all these MFers, right? You can say that to your team, right? But out in the media, it just doesn't work because, yes, he's well-liked by the media right now because he, he's charismatic uh, uh, and, and he answers their questions. But at the end of that same rope that you got, that's going to be enough to hang you when, when, when the things really – if things really go south for you. Because the New York media will turn on you on a dime because it's all about that next story. Because you compete with 150 reporters every day for that story that nobody's got, and somebody's gonna it's gonna twist your words, and then it's all gonna go downhill. And I, if I had one, the one piece of advice I have for him is less is more. As much as people like to make fun of Bill Belichick, right? He, think about how he's kept a lot of the mess because he doesn't say anything. Take a piece from that guy. Keep quiet. Give them just enough that they need and move on. Yeah. So. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. CBD, any any last words before you know? The king is here. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no. But but uh, I don't have anything else with the Jets. But I'm just gonna say I told you so about your team. I was. The king is right. here. All right, no, I, I'm that, I'm not going to be that way, you know. Yeah, you got to be careful, buddy, because you know that karma. That yeah, comes back to bite you. I'm talking about Charles. You know, over there. Oh, uh, over there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's all I'm talking about. No, Stevie D. Uh, Thursday night was a great night. I wish the podcast would have been Thursday night. I wish it would have been Friday. It, it, it everything about that was just great. Um, even even some of the miscues were good because you're getting it out of your system, right? Let's not have this happen in week 11, week 12, right? Learn from it, whether it be Cook and and his fumble first carry, you know. He hey, get it out of the way. Get it out of the way first, right? I'm not going to lie. <laughs> when Brees Hall fumbled, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. Now, now <laughs> I don't have to hear that one. <laughs> I lost that. Thank you, Brees Hall, you jerk. <laughs> the one thing I had on this podcast you took away from me. <laughs> so yeah, no, that was good. Um, you know, it, it was it was too bad. Um, hey, yeah, yes, Terry, karma for the unachievable. <laughs> but uh, you you had you you had Isaiah McKenzie. Good interception, right? I still think ball security should have had that. Came back strong. Um, then you, you, you had to pass to Crowder, which, I you know, I, I, I don't know there. Um, I think he should have held on to the ball again. But 
you know, maybe a little bit behind him. But then you had, uh, you know, then you had the the fumbles. We talked about Cook, and you had Moss the fumble, you know, towards the goal, towards the goal line. You know, a lot of the different mishaps and the miscues that that you had um, could be rough. Reminiscent of Russ um, opening week, so you know, good to see that. Well, think Uh, about it. How much has your first team offense been on the field? And the really, if you count the last week and a half or two weeks, you guys didn't even play, right? Because you got done early, and then you had the three preseason. What did they play? Three series, four series? I don't know. Yeah, that was about it. So, but let let me start. Let let me really start by saying the shocker of the whole night, right? And I guess if you're if you're in the know, then maybe it wasn't a shocker. Bill six round pick <laughs> gets the start at corner. Bill's yes. first round pick <laughs> sitting on the sideline. I, when I tell you, Stevie D, I'm looking on the field for 24, and I keep looking, I keep looking, <laughs> I don't see him, and I'm thinking. What, what's going on here, right? What, what exactly is is happening here? This is the guy that you paid all this money to. Where is he? How is he not on the field? And unbeknownst to, at least to me, Christian Binford is sitting out there covering the ones and the twos and had one hell of a game. Had one, you know, when you, you, you talked about sauce, Right, and he had a great game, right? Uh, One catch, eight yards, I think is pretty good. But when I look at Benford, right, and you look at the pressure on him, a lot of pressure on Sauce, but not as much, right? Same with well, yeah, yeah, he's a number one pick, right? Here you have a guy who's a number six pick who has proved it through mini camp, training camp, preseason. Now he comes out there, right? When they say go, he's the one that's out there and did one heck of a job whether it be on Allen Robinson, who was non-existent, or, or even keeping Cooper Cup into a managed type game, right? He still got his, his catches and his yards, but it was manageable. It wasn't like what he did in the exhibition game. It wasn't like what Justin Jefferson did in the first half of his game, right? So you were able to control that. Now, obviously, it wasn't all him, but it was great to see him do that. Elam did get on the field uh, and did have some plays. Um, you know, penalty, but he he still had some plays out there. And so that was really good to see there. I don't know where else to go, Stevie D. Do, do I talk the offense, which was just clicking again, right? You, you I, I think it worries your defense. Well, your defense, you, you got to save the best for last because that offense was clicking, right? Um, the other play of the game may have been the stiff arm by, by Josh Allen, right? You know, <laughs> going back to Derrick Henry, right, throwing the stiff arm against us. Well, Josh said, That's my know, fantasy what? quarterback. That's my fantasy quarterback out there. And he was. He threw the stiff arm. I'm like, I don't believe it. And now the memes are out there. They're flying out there. Um, was it the fact that, that Josh was not afraid of Jalen Ramsey and attacked Jalen Ramsey? Was it the fact that the Bills' offensive line was able to control Aaron Donald? Now, Donald still did get in there for for a couple sacks, but when you look at the pressure, never really had that pressure. They were able to either run to the left side, which was the power side, and away from Donald, and sometimes they ran right at him, right? To the point where the blocking scheme 
had Donald almost in a draw, even though it wasn't a draw, where Donald was coming forward and the Singletary or Moss was running right past him, right? He, he's looking around and the play's already going. So they really controlled from an offensive side of the ball. They controlled that play, and that was great to see. It was almost like they were in mid, midseason form, you know, aside from a couple of the turnovers. Loved it, right, and, and can only get better. We saw key contributions from Gabriel Davis. Obviously, Stefan Diggs was the focal point early, and then they hit him for, for the deep pass, which, um, you know, again, you talk about next-gen stats and everything else like that, uh, was I think they said one of the fastest passes thrown on the run, right, because he was on the run and then just kind of flicked the wrist and that ball was gone, you know, 50 yards in the air. Catches digs and you know he's able to get it for. Let me take some the concentration on digs when he tripped or whatever happened. The sniper got him from the third deck. Mm-hmm. The concentration going down on that and being able to still pull that ball and you can't under uh, underestimate that how tough that was for him to make. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So that you know, I'm very happy with that. Um, can only get better. Obviously, we didn't peak in game one, week one, right? And so that was good. But then you go to the other side of the ball. I'm talking about special teams. (laughs) Once again, we made it through a game without having to punt. I told you you weren't going to need your punter. Who 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 cares? That Aresia, right? The holder was great. (laughs) Kickoff returns were good. Fair catches on punts, right? No, in in all fairness, even though that that is good, little staff for you, CBD, last four regular season games, Three games we haven't punted. Three games. So, uh, but yeah, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Wow, wow, wow. Right. Um, you know, we talked about Christian Benford, talked about Kyrie Elon, Dane Jackson did did great, but it all started, and you heard it here when we did our, our preview and our recap. It all started with that front four. That front four dominated that game, period, hands down. That, that Phillips kid, holy Jesus. Gordon Phillips. Shaq Lawson was a scratch. One of the guys that you know we brought back, we were hyped up about him, was a scratch. You look at that, you look at that defensive line and what they were able to do. One of the guys that I've been really rough on, A.J. Epinetza, uh, a kid I believe out of Iowa. This is like his third year. I was not happy with the pick because I wanted J.K. Dobbins. I, I, truth be told, that's who I wanted. I wanted a running back. That was the guy I wanted. Then when I watched him, just didn't seem like he was picking it up, right? Last year, a little bit better, but it still seemed like it was slow going. And you're talking about a second-round pick. If I get a second-round pick, right, I'm expecting this second-round pick to have NFL skills and be NFL ready, maybe not week one like my first-round pick, but by week eight, week nine, you're ready to go. Well, this guy, it seemed to take a little bit longer for it to go in. And maybe, quite maybe, it, it is the fact that Von Miller is there because he's been working with the guys, right, helping to solidify, you know, just the traits, the habits of the D-line. So you saw a little bit more out of him. Very, very productive day for him out on the field. Uh, I, I look at – Daquan Jones, I look at Tim Settle, Boogie Basham had a, a had a deflection, then an interception. Uh, Greg Rousseau was a little quiet, right? A little quiet. What what I 
was sad to see was that Ed Oliver got hurt early. He tried to come back in and just couldn't give it a go. Now he's questionable slash out for the game coming up. Um, having the depth that we've talked about, right, certainly paid dividends. But this defensive line, right, went through the, the list of names. This defensive line for seven sacks. I don't know how many pressures, but they had seven sacks. So they had plus seven pressures galore, right? That helps the linebacking core and ultimately helps the secondary. So you have the young guys out there, whether it be a Benford, whether it be an Elam, you got these guys that are taking the strain off of them. Moreover, they were able to force three turnovers, CBD. And you know where I'm going with the stat on this. This is the first time that a team was able to get seven sacks, three turnovers, and did not blitz at all. That's crazy to think that you did not blitz one time. No blitzes. If you think about that, if you are able to produce like that from your front four through the rest of the season like that, there is absolutely, and I will say it now, there's no stopping you. Because now you're able to drop seven. You're basically playing dime is what you're doing. So you've covered all of the passing lanes, right? Whether you play zone or whether you play man, man over the top, depending on how you want to do it. But you have all the passing lanes, which makes it impossible for that quarterback to, to find that open receiver. But yet you're still bringing that pressure, right? Whether it be up the middle with Oliver and, and Settle and, and Jones and, who you know, uh, Jordan Phillips, like you mentioned, or on the outside with Basham and Miller and, and Rousseau and Epinesa. If you're able to do that and create that type of push and that type of pressure, it, it, you got seven guys that are hungry back there. Insane, right? Because usually where do teams, and we saw it all through the weekend, where are teams getting beat, right? You become, you, you become very vulnerable when you decide to blitz, right? It's a risk versus reward. We talk about it all the time, right? And if you don't get there, right, if that running back picks you up, if they slide that protection, they're able to pick that up. Now, all of a sudden, you have gaps and you have holes and wide receivers are wide open. They, it was a great thing. And, and I know the Rams aren't the same Rams that we saw in the exhibition game, right? Missing, you know, Odell or, or you know, missing that other wide receiver. They thought Allen Robinson. I'll say Benford took Robinson out, right? even though Robinson wasn't anything in Chicago. Um, and, and the running game never got started. Everybody said yeah, that that was our Yeah, never got started. And, and, like, you know, when something like that happens, though, it does throw off what, you, what you're doing offensively because you have a game plan, and, all right, we're going to get these runs in, and that's going to set this up and whatnot. But one thing that I thought of, Stafford has to figure out he can't go to Cup all the time. Yeah. And it was quite evident there. But if Robinson's not getting open, well, who are you going to? Well, the question is, do we really know he was? No, I, I have to see the aerial view to see how blanketed Robinson was. Or maybe it's Robinson and Stafford just haven't played enough in the preseason to get on the same page. Trust me, 47 head was locked onto him, and he couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> Says the Buffalo Bill. <laughs> so, but, you know, you know, the aerial table will, will say it is – is Stafford in love with Cooper Cup, and it's Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. You know, like when Stafford had Megatron, right? 
everything was Megatron. Well, I will I will tell you this. I'm not a big Matthew Stafford fan. Oh, you know I'm not. I'm not a big fan. I do believe that he has a strong arm. I I think he's one of those quarterbacks that we've always seen through the years. Big strong arm can you know put up the four thousand, the five thousand yards. You can always do that. Never really get over the top. Well, yeah, he he got there last year, but I I, I believe he got there on the backs of others. You know, you got to give him his due, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, he's not a needle mover for me. Smell test, you're not going. You are not going. I don't care how many rings you have. You're not going in my book. You will not be in the OW Sports Hall of Fame. That, that is true. <laughs> that, that is true. And I know we have some, uh, some Detroit Lions fans that um, watch the podcast. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. So, CBD, I, I was very happy, uh, obviously. Well, you should be. Up. Yeah. Uh, but I was more happy with the fact that big lights, bright stage, um, you came out very businesslike, you handled your business, and at least for week one, you didn't let the newspaper clippings, you didn't let the hype machine saying how good you are and where you are supposed to be, right, in, in February, you, you didn't let that come into play. You you played week one like it was week one. And to that, kudos go to Sean McDermott for having the team prepared and ready to go. One last thing before we move on. There was a lot of, a lot of questions, a lot of hype around the fact Ken Dorsey was becoming the new offensive coordinator. Brian Dable moving on. And everybody was giving the credit to Brian Dable. What we saw there was somebody who took the bull by the horns, right, to use a cliche, but took the bull by the horns. Uh, but he also showed you the 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 relationship he has had with Josh and that he has with Josh. Uh, because Dable may have got a lot of the credit, but behind the scenes it was Ken Dorsey that was really running it with Josh Allen. I said that before, and you could see it there. Interestingly enough, Josh didn't run in the first half. I don't know if you caught that. No rushes from Josh in the first, second half. All of a sudden, here he comes. And, of course, he comes with the stiffer. So. Yeah, well, the, the problem that I have with Ken Dorsey is that he's calling a run play when he shouldn't at towards the end of the game and putting your quarterback in harm's way when you're when you don't know what the defense is thinking and how they're feeling and do they take a cheap shot at a knee because they're pissed off that they got blown out at home in the, in the opener right and so he's putting your quarter you got to be better that way he'll get better because I'm sure Sean and the team had, privately in a coaches meeting said hey Ken you got to know down, you got to know the the part of the game we got to be smarter about that. Uh, and Ken Dorsey will learn that that that's the one blemish that when I saw it out, and I think we texted, we did. Said, oh God, what, what, what are you doing? Why are you putting your quarterback in that spot for a cheap shot um, um, to be taken? That fortunately it didn't happen. That right. You don't want anything bad to happen. But, but I, just- I agree with you. I agree with you because it, it was almost like street fighter, right? They went in and they pulled out their heart, right? In the second half heart was gone out of the Rams. And when that did happen, you started to see some chippiness from the Rams. And to your point, you don't know what's going in the mind of the guy on the other side of the ball. 
right? Yeah. And with that, you know, do you get an ankle twist? Do, do you get, you know, a, a shot to the knee, right? Do you get a shot to the groin? All these different things. And that happened. If you remember Ramsey, Josh was trying to get up. It, I believe Josh ran the ball around the left side. Ramsey was there on the tackle. And Ramsey, typical Jalen Ramsey, right, was the one that was kind of pulling on his leg a little bit. You could see the chippiness. And you're absolutely right. There's a time and a place, right? Maybe that first half would have been the time to to do the runs, right, build up the lead, you know. And then but you know what? He, he got away with a, a cheap lesson because the, the kid didn't get hurt. Josh didn't get hurt. Yeah. But he's going to learn about that in in the coaches only meeting, and they're going to talk about that. Of uh, you know, you're used to line all the time, risk versus reward, right? And there was no reward on that, just risk, right? So hundred percent, hundred percent. So if we move on, I, I I could stay and talk about the Bills all day long. I know that that would probably bore you, and you know, I, I'm trying to make it fair, right? I'm trying right. to make it fair, kinder, more gentleman. Um, but if we move on, there were some things that happened, Stevie D, that were heads. I've been waiting to talk about this game because if you're going in order, I can't wait to talk about this game. So let's talk about the Denver Seattle game. Oh, God. Gino. <laughs> no, but uh, God, where do you start in this game? I think you I think you start in the fourth quarter with with about a minute and twenty seconds to go in the game. I think did, that's did you watch started. the Manning cast? Did you watch the Manning cast? No, I did not. Oh my God, you missed Shannon Sharp, the greatest thing. So okay, I I, I got to break this down. So the play before they go and do the I agree, um, with, you, I agree with you. The play on that last drive, it might have been two plays before the the field goal attempt, which we'll get into. Russell goes to back the pass, and there's a little bit of a rush, but the tight end is open in the middle of the field. It might have only been for like five, six yards or whatever. Shannon Sharp is watching. Russell, throw the ball! Throw the ball! Throw the ball! Oh, look, you can't do that! He's on camera, and dude, I'm telling you, it was great. It was absolutely great because every play you saw Manning, because, you know, they're playing for the Broncos, right? So Manning's like, what are we doing? Like, especially in that last-minute sequence. They were all dumbfounded. Like, what What are you doing? Oh, my God. One, I have to watch the Manicast every time because it, it is pretty funny. But watching Shannon Sharp's reactions real time, because, he's, like, he's looking it out on his computer. And so he's he doesn't have glasses on, but you kind of see him, like, trying to – like, he really can't see that good. And it – oh, like, his facial reactions were killer. His facial right. reactions were killer on these plays. But anyway – I know there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, it, with, with I don't think there is, but there is, right? And so, first of all, I will tell you, Russell Wilson's decision making was off, yeah, completely yeah. off. Yeah. Do you think? I mean, Pete Carroll is probably watching the film of this and telling everybody in that room, "I told you, I time to move on. Time to yeah. move on. Get, get the draft capital and move on." So I, I'm I'm curious. He had they. It seemed like they were playing man because there there seemed to be a lot of openings. Again, you have to go to this all twenty two. But it seemed like there were about seven to 10, 12 yards in front of him that were wide open, where he could have just picked up ten yards a pop instead of throwing these five yard outs or you know like a, a comeback in the middle of the field that the guys get tackled. That was bizarre to me as I'm watching. 
It's like it's like me at my age trying to play Madden on all Madden, and I, the guys are open and I'm not seeing it. And then by the time I make that decision, it's an interception. Russell Wilson just didn't make the throw, but it, it's almost like his vision at quarterback it, it, it's not there. I don't know how to describe it. His vision is just not there. He's not seeing the the receiver where a couple years ago. I'm saying a couple years ago because I think his decline has been happening. And now it's at the point where if if I'm a Denver Bronco fan, I'm saying, wait a minute, I just paid $254 million for this guy. Well, and that's the thing, right? You you have that you have that financial commitment that you thought First of all, you gave away all the draft capital. You gave away your players, and then you doubled down by giving them this monster contract. But moreover, we just we just gotta plant the flag and get to it. Nathaniel Hackett, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah, <laughs> just the fact that we said that you paid $250 million for this guy and the draft capital, it's fourth and five. You bring out Brandon McManus? For a 64-yard field goal. Right. The, the second longest field goal in NFL history. And it's not at mile high. Right. right. <laughs> You're playing over there. You don't have the altitude. You have the leg. For sure you have the leg. But you, you don't have – But even no the sense. leg, even the leg, even though you have the leg, there's so many variables when you're kicking that far. You right? got to keep it low. Right? You can do it all day in warm-ups. Sure, you're kicking that, right? Because he said, Nathaniel Hackett said, they knew they were good for 64 – he knew it going in that he just needed to get to that yard line so he can kick the field goal. That's what that's he said. That's such bogus. That's such bogus. But that, that's what he says, right? I, I'm I, honestly the whole play calling stunk once you got right there. The whole well, thing you let the clock you let the clock go yeah. down. Right. Do you let the clock go down when when I'm watching it? Hey, Rich and I are watching it. You got Eli Payton and Shannon. All we're all saying, what is why is he letting the clock go down? Because we were thinking you're going for it on fourth down. Like a field goal wasn't even in our vocabulary at that point in the game. Yeah. You're like, all right, I'm gonna call call the play, we're gonna get the first down. Like when it got down, because I know I realized it before they did on ESPN, and I turned to Rich. I said, "They're gonna. I think they're gonna kick a field goal here, because it didn't make any sense." Well, you're and then you're better time, than me. You're better than me because when they called a timeout, I'm like, "What were you thinking?" They yeah, no, I, I, yeah. But they lined up though. Correct, but the only thing I said to myself is why they're letting the clock down, and I guess it was. I'm not saying I knew it. Forty seconds into it, right? Like maybe with like seven seconds before it went down, I says, I wonder if they're just going to bring it down, call the timeout and kick the field goal. Because the only thing that made sense is that they're killing the clock. So if they make it, they don't have enough time to do anything. That was what's going through my head. And that's, I what, myself, that's what I was thinking, that they were trying to make it a one a one possession and it was going to be feast or famine. But I, I never did I think that you were going to line up for a field goal for – what that's at what the 47? I didn't think you were lining up for the field goal there. You you were gonna go get that first down. First of all, you weren't even at the at the green stripe. Yeah, you know, one that's not to you. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. I just did not it, it did not cross my head. I I it's hard to explain. 
it really is hard to explain. And I don't want to hear from Hackett. Oh, we we watched him. He's good from sixty four. That's the dumbest. That is the dumbest call. That oh, is the dumbest call. Well, you heard what he, he said today, right? No, what did he say today? He said today he came out and says, "I would uh, now after watching the film, I would have went for it on fourth down." Russell Wilson backed his court, packed his coach saying, you know, we knew that at that 64, but he said today, if I had to do it all over, I would go for it. Now, Russell Wilson, he says, I'm lining up for the play. I had no idea that they were going to call a timeout. But again, that's like part of that whole dysfunction there. Uh, you're not off to a good start. And, and, good as, start. as a rookie head coach, is he afraid that he's taking all those hits that he, he needs to quiet the noise? No, I think he panicked. I think he panicked. No, I mean, I mean, now he, as the head coach, again, I'll use the term plant his flag. You made the decision to bring out Brandon McManus. You stick with that. You can say whatever you want. The, the way that they were covering, you know, in the intermediate area, too much high risk that we couldn't do it, and we knew that he had the leg. It was the right call based on the defense that we had in front of him, right? Even as good as Russ can be, you know, anything could happen. Penalty, whatever, take us out of position. We felt that we were good with this. This was the call. Even though you know it's the wrong call, you don't come back and then say, you know, after looking at it again, I, I changed right. Because now you look like you're incompetent. That's for right. the in-game decision. Yeah, yeah. 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 To me, you also again. Yeah. I know you, it's. I know the heat of the battle. You're in the game, and and whether he had that that feeling or not, as far as if I hit this line in the part of the game and I have to do it, I'm going to do it. I I just don't. I'm from Russell Wilson. I'm going to coach you, coach. Why, why did you pay me all this money to be here? Like, it'd be a, a serious question I'd have. Well, like, if I'm the whole new it? ownership group of the Broncos, like, all yeah, 10 that's of right. them. That's right. That's right. Right. And, and I, you know, right? I use the word he panicked, and I don't think he panicked. I, I just – panic is not the right word. I don't know if he panicked. I really? just think he got uh, – You, you don't think, you don't right think the, the, the situation – The moment got, got so big. big for him at that moment in time. The moment yeah. got, got big for him. Yeah. And, 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 and he made – to me, he made the wrong decision. I think everybody watching the game was like – why doesn't Russell have the ball? Even with diminished skills, Russell Wilson is still – it's only five yards. It's not like it's its its that much. I mean, you tell me you can't – you don't have a play on a quick slant that you can get a guy open for five yards? I mean, you, come on. You do, the drag, you do the drag and the pick play. You practice it every day. Yeah. You will get I, your it, five yards. I, I, I All day long, I am going – and I, I, this is not a, a thing on Brandon McManus. It's just a line that I love from Peyton Manning. A liquored up kicker, right? Are you going to put your trust into a kicker when you got a $254 million quarterback? And it's it's not, um, again, 64 yarders hard to do. Yeah. In every yeah. right conditions, it's still hard to do because you got to get the snap. You got people with the hands up because you got to get the right lower trajectory because you got to get it out. So it's more mm -hmm. susceptible to be blocked. On that distance, there's so many things that could go wrong on that that I'll take my chances on fourth and five with a shotgun snap to my quarterback to to get it to a player. Then all the things I got to have the snap be right. The guy's got to be able to put the laces down. I got to have my kicker not slip. I got to make sure that it doesn't kick it too low 
and it's an easy block. There, there's so many variables there that uh, now fourth and five, I'm going for it. Now, if it was yeah. a 60 yarder, 58 yarder, I don't have that big of a problem. I don't have that I big of a problem. With you. I agree with you. Each yard that you get closer to that field goal post, the percentages, right? If you use the next gen stats and, and you know all that, you'll see that that it rises. I think once you get into 55, which seems to be the norm now, right? Once you get to 55, it should be a lock. Yeah. Then, then, all right, you you got me in position. But but think about the psychological. Like, is there a psychological thing when a kicker gets on the field? Like, damn, dude, I'm kicking from my side of the 50. Like that's yeah, a, I'm like, sure. Right? But like, is that's not normal. You you don't you don't normally do that. So but here, here's the thing: you if you watch these guys pregame, they're warming up on the other yeah. side yeah. of the logo, right? You'll watch the other team come running out, and it happened in a couple different games where they're running out, running into the kicker because the kicker's on their side of the field. Who's warming up, hitting like 65, 70 yard field goals? So. CBD, uh, it'll be interesting to watch Denver. Um, it could get it it could get ugly real quick for Hackett if you yeah. continue to make blunders like that. It could get uh, ugly honestly. Real quick. I I hope it does. I didn't like his father as a coordinator, right? So I I hope he does fail in Denver. Uh, but more importantly, I just thought there were better, more qualified candidates to be a head coach other than Hackett. Um, and so, I mean, you never want to wish anybody to fail. I just think there's other people that are more qualified that got passed over. And so, you know what, Denver, now you got to reap what you sow there. And you got Russell Wilson, you got it, and it looks like you got a coach. You that, mean like Lovey Smith who punts in overtime? Okay. But you know what? But you know what? They showed up, they fell apart at the end. But let me tell you, they were balling there for a while for Lovey. Did they show up? Or were they taking for granted? Whatever, but you know, you still got to. Well, you players. said they fell apart when you're taking for granted early, and then you realize, uh oh, we, we thought we knew what they, they were. You know, the Dennis Green line. We knew who they were. And we let them off the hook, right? And and and. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it was still a. If you're a Texan fan, you weren't expecting to be there. You weren't expecting to have that game. And and kudos to the Texans for for hanging in there because I didn't give them any credit. Yeah, for sure. All right, Stevie D. Um, we had the revenge game, Carolina versus Cleveland, which early on was such a snooze fest. I mean, an absolute snooze fest. You, you want to talk yawners, all of that. Um, and then somehow, the team that I was rooting for, that was going to really bring some drama, right? The the Real Housewives of of Carolina came out, right? And Baker was putting on a little bit of a show, got in for the touchdown, right? They they take the lead, and then you sit back and you watch your team just steal it from you. Baker, in his mind, was getting ready for his post-game speech. He was – in his mind, he's thinking, yeah, it's really good to be back on the field. You know, a lot of those guys I know out there, and, you know, uh, anytime you get a chance to compete against the best – um, and, and these guys certainly are that um, you, you want to come out with the W like we did. Our season starting off in the right direction. It's always good to get that first victory. And, you know, we, we, we're just going to keep working on things and make this a building block 
you know, especially in this tough NFC South division. That's what he's thinking in his mind. He's saying he's rehearsing that, right? He's thinking, should I say anything about the commercials? Nah, no, I'll, I'll stay away from the commercials. Okay, and hey, hey, Baker, did anything you have to say about Stefanski or, or, or any anything over there? You, you know, they have a great coach over there and Kevin Stefanski. Love what he's doing over there. Obviously, things just didn't work out between the two of us, but, you know, he's a good leader. Deshaun is lucky to have him. I see them going great places. But here, you know, I have, I have a great team. I have a great leader. I love the guys I'm with. And, you know, we're just going to move forward. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What just happened? Jacoby Brissett just brought them down the field? Now, now Breaker's Baker in his mind, everything's going sideways. I guess they really didn't need me. And, and then I guess Matt Rule said that uh, I, I didn't see it. I did not see this play, and I, I'm watching the game, so I don't know how I didn't see it. But I guess Brissett was going to go to Cooper. And yeah. Co Cooper was covered, so then he spiked the ball. However, no timeouts. You spike the ball, that should be intentional grounding, right? Yeah. The, act, the, actual, the actual spike means that you take, like, the step back or instantly upon that, you drop it, they they deem it legal for a snap, right? You don't get called for the intentional grounding. The fact that you took the snap and you looked, you executed a, a play, and then you spike, that's intentional grounding. And they and there was nothing that they could do about it. They couldn't re-review it. They couldn't get anything. And thus the clock stopped, right? If they had called the penalty – there would have been the 10-second runoff, and Baker right. would have been able to have his speech, that he was waiting to have his speech, and, and unfortunately not. It was great, though. That's high drama. I loved it, <laughs> even though I, I'm team Baker. I, I was rooting for, for Baker to win the game, and obviously I'm watching the Jets game, so when I saw them losing, and then all of a sudden I saw them take the lead, I was like, holy cow, he came back. And then I turned back. And right. it was one of my eyes were popping at the TV. I'm like, are I reading that right? And I'm like, oh, man, that stinks. So Yeah, yeah. So, Stevie D, uh, we have a good week one in the books. Again, we talked, you know, very glossed over it. Mahomes, oh, they did their right. I was going to say, Mahomes, you know, 44 points, spread it around. Four guys with, with, with TDs, uh, one guy with two. So I think they showed that they have a plan without, um, without uh, Tyreek Hill. And how about Kevin O'Connell in his first game for the Vikings? Well, hold hold on, because we'll talk about that one. Hold on. You just mentioned Tariq Hill. What an outstanding game by uh, those Dolphins down there and those Patriots down there. Uh, the highlights show Tua, you know, he, he's been putting on some weight. He's been lifting. The arm has gotten stronger. Now his incomplete passes go from five yards to seven yards with the receiver still being 20 yards down the field. I, I have to put this uh, on, on our website, owsports.net. The best – and it's not a meme, right? It's it's real. <laughs> it's real. I should have had it here for the show today. Just watching him throw the ball seven yards. And Tariq Hill is sitting there at 17, 20 yards like, dude, I'm wide open. You can't hit me. But okay, I digress. Any Sean, Sean Payton, Sean Payton, 
as an analyst has come out and said that Terry, Teddy Bridgewater will be the quarterback before the end of the year. And he's predicting around week eight or nine, you're going to see a switch because they're going to be in a position. He's going to realize McDaniels is going to realize I need a quarterback that can get the, these weapons, the ball yeah. to make plays. So yeah. that's I, what I he's, that's what he's predicting. All right. So skull, go ahead. I'll tell you, Kevin O'Connell, the rookie coach that took over from Mike Zimmer uh, in Minnesota, man, he, he had that team show up and play. I mean, they laid a licking on, on Green Bay. And I know Green Bay sometimes doesn't get out to a great start because they got all the new receivers and all that stuff. But if you're a Vikings fan, first of all, this is the largest margin of victory against the Packers in 22 years. So that's something to say, right? When when your rookie coach has done something that – no other coaches done for the Packers in tw- against the Packers in 22 years. So that's a great statement game for the Vikings and for their fans to go out and put that. I mean, Justin Jefferson had a game, had a game, eight for 194. Right? He was insane, crazy, just crazy good. Um, and, and they put a the butt, uh, they, they put a butt kicking on on that one. But you again, know, with, with Jefferson there, Adam Thielen is like an afterthought. Adam Thielen did not get hurt, right, where all of a sudden he, he's cast aside. But Jefferson has just come in, and that is Cousins' guy, right? And, oh, by the How way, Adam Thielen, let me hit you for a 15-yard in and call yeah, him. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, give you a little, I'll give you a little cookie over there for 15 yards. But Jefferson, it's he's scary, scary good. And I don't even want to know what that paycheck's going to look like come free agency. Ooh, boy. So it's funny you say it because – when Jefferson came out in the draft before you wanted the, him, right? Before the Diggs trade, I wanted Jeff Justin Jefferson. I don't know, just like the Patrick Mahomes thing, right? I think there's a time and place, and everything happens for a reason, right? Getting Diggs brought in somebody a who was trying to rebuild and prove himself based on his few years there in Minnesota. Justin Jefferson's coming in as a rookie, right? If he would have come to Buffalo, he would have come in with high expectations, maybe not the same expectations that he had in Minnesota. And it, it just may not have – the stars may not have aligned for him to be as successful and productive as he is. You watch him in Minnesota. There's nothing he can't do. He's got the swag. He's got the gold front on top and bottom, right? He's got all of that plus – just every catch he's coming down with, he's had, and you're right, you know, he's going to be coming up on that paycheck. Oh, it's going to be long. What are you going to pay this kid? I mean, it's going to be incredible. Uh, he's a, he's a really good talent. But I'll tell you, Green Bay, I know, they, not to panic, you know, uh, Aaron oh, Rodgers, okay. everybody, calm down. We've been there panic. before with the young receivers, right? Panic. Yeah, but panic. I'm telling you, you don't have Lazard, and I think he's coming back here this week. And that's the most veteran guy you got is Lazard. And I, if, I just don't see it. If Aaron was upset before when they used every first-round draft pick for a non-skilled and a really a non-wide receiver, I, I can't imagine. He's going to have to be taking some more peyote because it, it, it's going to be nuts out there. You don't have the weapons. You don't have it. And it, it's – now that you got rid of your only weapon, right, and you have to think about it, the value for Devontae Adams, now that he's gone and you look to see what Rodgers has, hey, does Rodgers really deserve that MVP? 
or does it really go to Devontae Adams, right? Obviously, Rodgers had to get him there, but, I mean, he's got nothing and he can't do anything. Yeah. Look, uh, when you – how do I want to put this? There, If the receivers cannot create separation, Green Bay's in for a long, long year. Yeah. And you did not replace Devontae Adams with a rookie that can make an impact. You went cheap on the second round to try and find somebody, but you passed on again. But in all fairness, for me, Aaron Rodgers does not care. He got what he wanted, and that was the $50 million a year. Yeah. And when when, when he went for the 50, that made Devontae Adams expendable because they could not afford to pay Devontae Adams that money. And Aaron wanted to be paid. His ego wanted to be paid. I don't care what he says. He was mad about Jordan Love. No, I, I, I think it's all about the contract, and I want to be paid as such. Kirk Cousins is not worth more money than me. I want to get paid. I want to be paid top money in the league. And he got paid, and now he's paying the price because now the team doesn't have it. But what's shocking is that they didn't draft a wide receiver, an impact wide receiver, and they had the capital to do it. And you could have re- you reset your receiver room by going to get a, a, a true didn't, number one. Didn't they have two first – they went uh, – uh, I thought they went defense in both picks, and they traded up in the second round to grab a receiver yes, in the yes. second round. Yeah. But I, yeah. Yep. Look, they, look, they needed defense, right? Their defense needed help. They had some people that let walk out the door, and they needed to reset and get players on defense, right? But they had a lot of holes they had to fill. They had holes on the defense, and you just traded the number one wide receiver in Devontae Adams, and you didn't replace him with anything. In free agency, right? You even let MVS go, Ma, uh, Scantlin, right? Valdez Scantlin go yep. to Kansas City. So you lost him and Devontae Adams. Okay, yep. so you got Lazard coming off an injury, and then you got, you got old Reggie Cobb. Randall Cobb. Well, Randall Cobb, thank you, Reggie Cobb. Randall Cobb, Reggie Cobb from back in the day. Um, Tampa Bay, right? Running back. Um, but uh, Randall Cobb, I mean, he was good 10 years ago. Yeah, Absolutely. Bring back James Jones, bring back uh, Sterling Shepard. Go ahead, bring back all the old guys. Maybe Sterling Sharp, you mean? Sterling Sharp? Sterling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Stevie D, one one last thing before we we look to next week. Dak, it's it's a tough injury, and you're looking six to eight weeks. Jerry says four. Six to eight weeks is what you're looking at. But do they have any other quarterbacks? In the, they cut everybody in training camp. So <laughs> Yeah. But here, here's the problem in Dallas is the same problem that, well, they're a little bit better, but the same problem you have in Green Bay. It's C.D. Lamb, and that's it. Dak has nobody to throw to, right? Yeah, well, because Michael Gallup is not back yet. Correct. Right. Um, you traded Amari Cooper. Correct. Well, that's two guys gone. And you and um, there was the other guy from uh, just threw a mind blank. They they let somebody else walk. It, you, you Patrick Dak, Wilson. Yes, thank you. You 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 can't expect Dak, and, and I'm not a Dak lover by no stretch, right? Not a Cowboy lover, but you can't expect him to try to throw to a guy who's in quadruple coverage, which is what he did, right? Because nobody else is getting open, and then he gets hurt. This isn't good for the Cowboys at all. At no, all. they're 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 done. I don't I don't 
even if it's four weeks, right? You already lost week one, and you're out four weeks. I mean, you could be one and four, and you're 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 at one and four with that coming back. You're not that play catch up in that division. It's just not going to happen. Out with the Eagles, although the Eagles almost let one get away against the Lions, uh, but you know, I think the Eagles will win that division. Even, I, you know, I thought they were going to win the division even with a healthy Dak. Now you lose, and you lost week one, and now you lose your quarterback for four weeks. In Jerry's world, it's four weeks, but you know the medical doctors say six to eight. Right, the guys that went to school for this. Yeah, all right. He'll be back in four. Jerry, you can't so, throw money at that problem. So Stevie D, we we look at next week uh, or this week, I, I guess, is the way that we do it now. Uh, we look at this week, it, and I know my Bills. Thank goodness we don't have to go to the cesspool. That that is uh, that Tennessee Stadium, right? I, we we actually have them at home, uh, home opener seven fifteen. Not understanding the scheduling though, we have the seven fifteen game, and then the Vikings and the Eagles are on at eight thirty, right? So you actually have both games competing. They used to have an East Coast game and a West Coast game, so that when the East Coast finished up, it was kickoff for the next one and. Obviously, it went late into the night, and that's probably what they're thinking. But then don't do two games. Just I don't one game. Two games. Yeah, I, right. I don't understand the two games. It, it, it's the NFL being the NFL. But again, uh, how how are you helping your ratings? I, I don't know how you're helping your ratings. Maybe because it's four teams and you get four different cities for sure watching. But at the end of the day, what made the game special is that you're the only one on. Absolutely. And, and now, now you're diluting it. So, so you know when I when I look at that game, um, obviously th this is a redemption game, revenge game, however you want to look at it. I no, I, even though I say all that, that's not what it is. You take it one game at a time. You take it one week at a time. Our new opponent is the Tennessee Titans, right? We're at home. Let's play well in front of our home fans for opening night. Bills Mafia is going to be out there in full effect. It's going to be dust to, to you know, to dark skies. And, and let's just dominate like we did before. Yeah. I but, don't have uh, – let me – Ryan Tannehill doesn't move the needle for me, right? As long as you slow down the run game, which I truly believe that the front four plus the front seven will be able to slow down that running game, that push will reduce the need to overcommit from Milano and from Edmonds meaning they can fill the holes and make the tackle in, in the hole or, you know, two to three yards. That's fine. And when that happens, you can allow the secondary, you know, just, again, it, you're, you're looking at Ryan Tannehill. So I, I feel confident with that. Offensively, we moved the ball last year, right? We're this much better this year. I, I don't look at it as a revenge game. I don't think any, any games on your schedule is a revenge game. And maybe I'm just looking at it from a different lens. You know, uh, I don't think there's. I've I've said it, and I mean it sincerely, that your Buffalo Bills are the most talented team in football, and I think have every shot to to get and win that exhibition game. And that's not a lie, right? You see what I did there for you? I did. I yeah. appreciate that. That's for you, right? Okay. The two, the, uh, the double thumbs up. Yeah. Thank you. And so, I don't look at it as a revenge game. I just think the players are looking at it as we're on a mission. And this is just Team X that's in front of us, and we're going to steamroll you. Uh, you know, because Dina, Dina, my wife, asked me, 
you know, what, what do I think the, the Buffalo's record's going to be? And I told them, if I, I told her, if I was a betting person, every week going into the week, no matter who Buffalo's opponent was going to be, and I think I even may have said this to you as well, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills every game. And it's up to for them to lose it. But I think in every game this year, there's not a game that I go into and saying, unless there's an injury, right, that could change that scale. <clears throat> but going in, if everything is the way it should be, Buffalo's winning every game. That's the way I look. If I was betting, let the let let it prove me wrong. Okay, so I may be wrong a couple of times. I just think Buffalo is that good um, on all sides of the ball. And what they did against the Rams, I know we talked about it, but that impressive front four, to do what they did, that's a that's the most scary thing. If you're if you're looking at if I'm a if I'm an offensive coordinator and I'm watching that film on the Buffalo defense, the thing that's going to keep me up at night is seeing that pressure in that front four all game long and what they've been able to do. That's right in, in that game and dominate that game. Um, and that that's a that's a scary thing for for offensive coordinators. So, you know, I know it's only one game. But I think Buffalo showed that they're they're here that they're on a mission. That rust on the turnovers, like you said, that's just you know rust, and that's going to get cleaned up. Um, and, and I think you, you guys you know were to, to to your point. To your point, and this goes for any team. When we talk about Josh Allen's maturation, Stephon Diggs' maturation, Dawson Knox, et cetera, et cetera, you also have the Sean McDermott maturation. Right. This, this is he, he was the rookie head coach, right, who has lasted and, and proven himself time and time again to get better. Big mistake last year in, in the playoff game. He knows it. Exactly. And now he's mature. Right. And what you know, the key is, is the focus and, and the workman mentality. Right. You're you're coming in. You have a job. We're going to handle business, and then we move on. Because one of the things that, that really concerned me, fear, 5-0 and start, right? Media all over the place, right? Josh already has a nationally televised commercial, right? More are coming, whether it be for Vaughn or, or Gabriel Davis or Dick. They're coming, right? They're going to come in droves, right, to get you on that commercial, to get you on that interview, to get you to do this. Your focus is going to be moved away from, you know, staying where it needs to be. And that's where you need that coach that that drives discipline. Sean said it, you know, when we had it on here before, Sean Barber, it is the type of person that McDermott is. And he's going to have to drive that in that maturation year after year, that playoff loss, learning from that to keep everybody centered, to keep everybody focused week after week. And so we'll see. But, you know, that's the only thing that scares me. And I'm not saying that to say, well, don't read into that for me to say 17-0. I, I, that's right, not sure. where I'm going. What I'm saying is that it, it's, a, it's a very business-like approach because yep, they have their, their goal on the final prize. That, that's why I say I don't think there's revenge games. It's This is the opponent in front. We're going to handle our business and move on to the next game. And uh, – a revenge game is for a team that that, that uh, may have surprised some heads, like the Bengals, right, getting to the Super Bowl. They may have a revenge game if they played the Rams in the regular season. They may look at it as a revenge game. But your team has been in the playoffs now consistently, and they know where they're at. They know what they are. They know what it's expected of them, and it's going to be business-like. We're, we're going to take on this team. We're going to beat them. We're going to move on to the next one, right? So, God. Yes. 
I don't like talking all this nice stuff. It sounds so good. It sounds so good. Um, all right. So we actually got the mailbag. <laughs> we got something in the mailbag. Okay. Let, 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 let's go to the Jets. Talk to us about the Jets this week. Well, we got Cleveland in Cleveland in winnable. the dog pound. Winnable. It is a winnable game. Uh, but the, the the keys for for me is going to be on the offensive side of the ball because I like I said I thought the Jets defense were flying around the ball. Bry Bryce Hall, um, uh, the corner, he better clean it up or he's going to get replaced really quickly because all the plays were were given up. Lamarcus Joyner made a silly pi play. Jet fans know what I'm talking about. It was a silly. Sauce Gardner had the guy draped. There was no need for you to come across the middle and bump the wide receiver. That play was not going to be caught anyway by Sauce or by the receiver. It was overthrown. To the point where you could have said the the ref could have not have thrown the flag, right? The line judge because it was not a catchable ball, but he made a stupid play. You got to clean that up. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, we got to find a way to to keep Flacco upright because Flacco can't. You can't have five, six sacks and eleven hits on the quarterback and expect you to win the football game. You can't can't do that. So you got to find a way to to figure out that protection for for the quarterback. I thought Br Bryce Hall and Brees Hall and Michael Carter had some nice runs. Some runs from the Jet, for Jeff fans we haven't seen very much of. Some nice, decent, long runs. Um, and showed the potential of the two-headed monster back there. So that, that was positive. But keep keep Flacco upright. That's the key. If, if, if he takes that pounding in this week again, they won't win. They just won't win. He's got to be able I, to stay upright. So just like we talked about um, – just like we talked about um, Sean McDermott, I do believe that your coach needs to take a page from Sean McDermott. He needs to take uh, a lot of pages from a lot of coaches because there's a lot of gaps in his game. Yeah. And that that's where if there's going to be concern as to uh, the success of the Jets, this if you look at the roster, if you were to ask me, this is a winnable game for you. I actually thought the Baltimore game was a winnable game for you, but I do believe – um, Cleveland right now uh, is a team you can take advantage of. I, yeah, I look, Baltimore was winnable if our starting right and left tackles were healthy. But our depth at line, when you have your two tackles, I mean, yeah, it well, showed. No, I mean, we, no I, it was winnable throughout the first half. It was yeah, because our defense kept us in the game. But if you watched us offensively, Flacco just didn't have time. Just did not have time. It was it was so frustrating because I don't even know if Zach Wilson could have survived. It was so that I, bad. I laughed because you and I said we're going back and forth and talking about what the opening drive needed to look like. And you're like, can't have a three and out. Well, you didn't have a three and no, out. No, no, because Michael Carter had a four and out. Yeah, because Michael Carter had the wrong run. Right. right. He had the first out. <laughs> first play of the game. Like, anyway. I'm like, this is it. Okay, right? The first play is supposed to dictate how your season's going to go, right? Yeah, <laughs> didn't really work out that game. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I still like you guys. I, I still like you guys in this Cleveland game. I there, There's something about your team right now. Defense is playing fast. Jermaine Johnson, I thought, played well. Um, I talked about Michael Clemens. The fourth round pick on the defensive line, uh, he he showed a lot in his rookie game um, uh, at end. Uh, so again, Quan Alexander, 
the free agent linebacker from the walls. He was flying all over the field. I was so impressed with Quan Alexander and what, like Salah said, he said the problem with Quan Alexander is that he didn't he didn't know how to be a professional and what you need to do to take care of your body, and he and he's finally figured out how to take care of his body. So he expects you know Quan to be what he expects as a really good linebacker. So. Uh, maybe the light bulb just went a little bit later for Quan Alexander, right? To do the things you need to do to stay in football shape, um, and, and, and such. So, again, positive things. Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed had a great game. We got to clean up the safety spot. Lamarcus Joyner can't make that silly penalty. I know you haven't been on the field in 13 months, but you can't, you can't make, you can't do that penalty there. So, some things to clean up, but there's a lot of positives to take away to see with that Jet defense because they were flying around that first half. Really impressive. So, Stevie D, it's time for the mailbag. Okay. And so this is the first time we've done the mailbag. So, uh, actually, we've get we you know we gotten into some offline conversations, but somebody actually just hit, hit us up during the show. Question is, what did you guys think about the Chicago Bears' performance in Justin Fields getting the victory? First of all, thank you for the question. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, in a monsoon. So I'm I'm going to temper my enthusiasm in a 1910 game in a monsoon with the rain. I don't know that I saw a lot out of Chicago Bears uh, to say, wow, uh, about the Chicago Bears. But you also got to temper. They went against a rookie in Trey. Well, not a rookie, but rookie starter in, in, in Trey Lance. So. Good win for the Chicago Bears, um, but I'm not. I don't. I just. I look at that Bears roster outside of Justin Fields. I'm like, this kid's gonna have to perform miracles, and and he got, he got one miracle out of the way. Well, I will tell you. First of all, you're you're absolutely right. Right, weather conditions, it makes it very hard to give any type of assessment. Um, I, Justin Fields. The numbers were pedestrian. I think he threw for just a little over 100 yards, uh, 200 yards, I think, total, you know, offense there. Um, but at the end of the day, what matters is you came away with the W. Yeah. That's, that, that's what matters. Um, and the fact that you did that against a decent team, right, Trey Lance may be at the helm, but a decent team. They, they have weapons. They have better weapons than what you have. Right, I, you, you're still young and growing, and you still came away with the W. I think that that is probably the most impressive part. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll see. The, we'll see next week when they have better, better field conditions and better weather. Hopefully, they'll have better weather. You know, this coming weekend, and then we can really see about and and, and evaluate a well, little bit better. The after interesting that. thing is that they have the Packers. And we just completely obliterated the Packers. The Bears could come out of this two and zero. Yeah, I still they could. I have no faith in, in the Packers. But you know, for me, if I'm a Bears fan, I want to see Justin Fields and I want to see what he can do Absolutely. because he's the he's the future of of the Bears, right? And, and you want him there fifteen plus years. So I'm really curious to see with a little bit of the revamp Packers defense. A week underneath their belt, everybody playing. What adjustments do the Packers make defensively to, to make their their game much better? And let's see how Justin Fields does. Absolutely, um, yeah. you do. So, Stevie D. 
right, all right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll slow it down. I, you know, when you hear it, it just exudes just calm. Actually, no, it doesn't. It just exudes just the passion. The uh, how can I get no love? Passion. Where's my love on my team? I, I, I mean, unbelievable. I, I guess I have to win a football game. Is that Did what it is? I got to win a football game to get it. The w? If if you win the division, uh... <laughs> dude, I'm trying to win a game. <laughs> division, going down a little bit. I'm trying to win a football game. <laughs> all right well listen uh we're gonna wrap this one up we we appreciate everybody we're not even going to talk about the ow sports fantasy football league that that one is over already it, it was over i think after the first quarter or the first half a hey, top, top point score week one just gonna say it and yahoo fantasy rated my draft a d now, I'm not going to necessarily argue with that when I look at some of the roster spots that I had, but my team balled out in week one with 143 points in week one. So I won. you stole my player. Who? Josh. Nobody where, else was where, where taking you, Josh where, where, number where one. did you pick in the draft? Where did you pick in the draft? Seven. Where did I pick in the draft? Three. Oh, that's not my, uh, my problem. <laughs> If I was picking six and you were picking seven, then I could say I stole Nobody your point. Nobody was going to take him four, five, or six. Like this, this is like the whole Ben Roethlisberger thing. I that's my fault. I should have traded up to the number two pick. That that's what should have happened. Well, you know, look, Josh Allen was my guy. It was in my other league. He was going to be my guy, and the, I had the fourth pick. The guy in front of me had the third pick, and he took he took Allen, and I wound up getting Mahomes. So on this draft, I was praying. I'm like, guys, do not screw me on this one. And, and they did, and then they fell to me, and I got him. Outside of Josh Allen, I got so lucky that 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 the rest of that that day, uh, because I'm like, I mean, I got all these points out of these guys. I was like, wow, man, savor the flavor because my roster. My guys kinda... get hurt in the first quarter. My guy gets one carry. One carry for a start. I digress. Listen, we thank everybody that that stuck it out, that that watched us. Terry, we Terry. Loyal, we we appreciate you. But no, we do say thank you again. Check us out uh, on all of our social media platforms. IG, yep, I'm down. IG OW underscore Sports, Facebook OW Sports, Twitter OW Sports Twelve, and of course, you can always watch a recap at uh, YouTube for OW Sports. And check us out on our website, which is a work in progress, waiting for my co-host to start dusting off his skills and you know do, do his creative thinking and bring you the content that you're looking for. I know he can do it. He's smiling, but he knows he's got those blue-colored lenses because he's ready to start clickety-clack on the keyboard and start doing some, doing some programming. So... But when he does, go to owsports.net. You'll probably be able to leave a comment to give him a thumbs up, tell him a nice job on the content, the layout, and all that he's doing. He, he's the best. If anybody is looking for a web developer, there's your guy. <laughs> all right. But that, that's going to end it for us today. We do thank everybody. Appreciate uh, all, the, all the love, all the support. Had our mailbag today, so that was great. And uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll talk to you soon.